Let's all go to the lobby. 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 To get ourselves a Hello everyone and welcome back to Cinema Shakedown, a weekly podcast that functions as a grab bag for all things film. I'm your host, Kyle Craigbuck. And I'm your other host, Jordan Dennis. This week we will be reviewing the new Ryan Reynolds blockbuster vehicle Free Guy and Don't Breathe 2, the sequel to the 2016 horror smash hit. Free Guy is busting too many blocks for my personal taste. Before we get into all that, <laughs> how you doing, Jordan? I'm doing alright, man. How, how are you doing? I'm fine. Yeah, yeah, man. I I hear that. Well, a few a few stressful things in the personal life right now. Real life stuff going on. Real life stuff, but I am surviving. Yeah, and and you know what? Now you're here at the Cinema Shakedown podcast. This is a safe, comforting environment. You know, no judgment here. It's just you know, it's all vibes here at the Cinema Shakedown podcast. Uh, on God, on, on God. God, no printer, all facts. That's what I'm saying. Yes. Uh, did you watch anything this week? Any any movies other than the ones we're talking about? I rewatched Suicide Squad for the third time. The Suicide Squad. Oh my god! I, have to add <laughs> I was the, like, I have to what? Add the, I have to add the the in. Um, I think it's safe to assume we're talking about the I'm Suicide not, Squad, unless movie. otherwise specified. Uh, I also rewatched the Suicide I've seen Squad it three a bunch times now. Uh, it's still great. Yeah, it's awesome. Whips so much ass. And then I the fact that Free Guy is probably gonna make more money just. Makes my dick shrink. I don't know. Fucking pisses me off. Jesus Christ. I, I, I was just like lost in my head now thinking about box office numbers. Oh my God. Um, <laughs> and yeah, it's the Suicide Squad has not made nearly enough money. Damn shame. Everyone um, should go see that movie. I finished uh, with a friend. I was watching Euphoria, the HBO series. Nice. And I watched the two like COVID specials. Yeah. They were made during COVID. And the first one is just like, Two characters at a diner talking for fifty minutes. That's cool. So shit, this show's so good, bro. Yeah. Everybody, if if you're not easily um, offended, watch. Uh, what Euphoria. Like, no, I, 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 elaborate I, I don't on know that. If offended is the right word. Yeah. It's just very no holds barred in relation to drugs and sex and gotcha language and just just really like kinda... very very taboo topics. Gotcha. It, uh, the only context I have for the show is that Sam Levinson apparently really wants to be a black guy and is kind of pretentious. So that's 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 really all I all I know going into it. I I know Zendaya is good and I know it looks great, but I, I don't actually really know what like the show is about. So maybe I'll give it a I'll give it a watch. I've I've heard nothing but good things from from you and pretty much everyone. So I think that's all I've seen that wasn't for the podcast. What about you? Uh, I I watched uh the Netflix documentary series. The Last Dance that came out. Oh yeah, you've been talking uh, about last that. Year. Yes, it is. It is very good. It uh, basically chronicles the entire uh, di- uh, dynasty of the Chicago Bulls in the '90s: Michael Jordan, Scottie Pippen, Dennis Rodman. I'm like a very casual basketball fan. Like I could maybe name like ten teams off the top of my head, maybe if that. Yeah. But um, I don't know. Like like, and I'm also not like really a big documentary guy most of the time. They just they really struggle to to hold my interest. Mm-hmm. But something about this one, just the way like the story is kind of structured, like the A plot is their their very last season, the the titular last That's dance. Okay. And as stuff like in that becomes relevant, 
it'll like cut back to like a game or like a championship they played before that's kind of like a similar situation and it shows like oh that's how they did that back then you get backstories for Michael Jordan Scotty Pippen and Dennis Rodman they pretty much all get an episode each dedicated to their whole like upbringing and everything they they almost treat it like it's a movie like it's kind of given a really really strong narrative and characterization even though these are events that happened in real people yeah but um but yeah no it's awesome if 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 you like documentary series or even have like an inkling of interest in basketball history any of that i definitely think it's worth checking out it was awesome awesome very yeah, cool good shit um does that bring us to our topics for today our two films that we saw i think it does uh you want to do don't breathe first you want to start with don't breathe sure okay we both rewatched uh the first one we did this week. It's awesome. I think it's really good. I, I'm not quite as positive on it as you are, but I think it's I think it's real solid as fuck. Like just um, I think that it has such a an acute sense of uh, spatial awareness. I agree. Um, starting, you know, so a lot of movies lately have used like one takes very in a very gimmicky way, mm-hmm. but the one that opens. Not the film, but the uh, the house sequence yeah, yeah, yeah. is so important to knowing where every room is. Mm-hmm. Like even when it goes up, like to the second floor, you see the attic space. Like, and, and it's it's done in a way where you don't even realize it's a one take until like after a minute of watching it. It's not yeah. it's not very like ooh it's we're doing showy, we're doing a one take. But it's so important. Yeah, and I love the. Um, how they stack set pieces on top of each other. Mm-hmm. It, it kind of just snowballs the minute yeah. they get into the house. Immediately after the incredible basement set piece, you go up and fucking Cujo is there. Yeah. <laughs> the fucking dog. And then you get that great set piece with him falling out of the, the house and landing on the glass. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's just it's just so well made. Sure, there's some dumb character yeah. decisions and like script things that I, I bother think, me. I think it's very like solid, like boilerplate slasher horror. That never really quite gets there for me. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like I, I don't like I think I mentioned I think one thing I maybe would have changed is maybe like added like another member or two to the robbery crew just so we could get some more like cool kills, a little more like I don't wanna say it's I don't wanna say it's not memorable. Mm-hmm. Cause I definitely the, the, the fact that he bastes a woman with, with a, uh, spoilers for the first don't breathe. The fact that he tries to baste a woman with his cum. And then he gets cum in the mouth. Who lives rent free in my head. I think about that way more often than I should. Fucking disturbing shit. Yeah. So I don't want to say it's not memorable. But I just feel like, I don't, I don't know. The the whole the movie as a whole never really goes above and beyond, I think. Like, it, it meets its criteria very well mm-hmm. and kind of coasts on that. It's, okay. a, it's, it's very, like, solid meat and potatoes horror. Okay. Yeah, I think that's, I think that's fair. Yeah. Um, uh, what, what would you give it? Like a, like a 7.8. It's really good. It's really enjoyable. All right. You said you were not as pot. I would give it a seven and a half. Really? Oh shit. I I saw you gave it a four on that. Listen, numbers are meaningless anyway. Half stars. I'll either like bump it up. Yeah. It's fucking like. It really doesn't matter. Um, it's a good it's, movie. It's good. How about instead of listening to the rating, you listen to the thoughts we just gave and then go watch it and form your own opinion. Yeah, it's a good movie. Anyway, Don't Breathe 2. Not as good. Kyle, you want to give us a little plot rundown? Yes. So this takes place an unspecified amount of time after the first one. Yes. Um, the blind man survived his vicious beating at the end of the first getting one the, and also getting shot. Getting the snot kicked out of him. Uh, but they say at the end of the first one. Yeah, so it's it's set up at least. And he's 
raising this um, little girl. Madeline Grace, I think, is the Ma- actress's name. That's her name. I'm pulling up information because I, this is how prepared I am. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so, yeah, he's raising a, a little girl and things start to go wrong. A, a group of uh, creepy men break into the house yes. and try to uh, take the girl. And so it's kind of a uh, kind of a demented Home Alone situation. Um, and you well, have, sort of like the first movie, you know. and on like an inverse of the first movie, they make the blind man the protagonist. Yes. Now I'm reading in the credits that his name is Norman Nordstrom. What a they, dumb fucking name! They never say his name. No, not at all. Like, and I know in the first movie he's just credited as the, the blind, blind man. man. Yeah. Um. So I didn't even know he had a name until looking at the credits right now. Honestly, that that name fits. He seems like a Norman. He seems like a Norman. He seems like a, like a just a, a really stern, just like terrifying old man Norman. You know, fucking, you know what I mean? Not mean, B. Uh, yeah, I know what you mean, B. <laughs> <laughs> um, and so yeah, it's basically uh, this the blind man is trying to get the little girl back from the group and. He's the protagonist now. Yes. Um, I don't know. I don't know what else to say. I feel like I that was a terrible plot summary. Do we? No, I mean that's basically it. Without really getting into like spoilers and shit. Um, I wasn't excited for this movie from the trailer. I thought it looked like the most unnecessary sequel. Yeah. After watching it, especially after was, like five years later. After watching it, it was a very unnecessary sequel, and yes. I didn't like it that much. Um. So. It's not good. But I liked it. <laughs> if that makes any sense. Guilty pleasure? I think so. I I don't know. Something about the way this just leans into, like, the schlock really d- did it for me to a certain extent. I, I, I think because it's still pretty technically well made, like, it's still very sound in terms of, like, a filmmaking level, I never really found myself, like not entertained. I don't know. Like I was, I was, I was never annoyed by the movie. Like a movie we'll talk about here in a bit, but it like, it's, it's, it's a very watchable movie. I think like, it's very like a lot like the first one. Like the first one's a lot better. Don't get me wrong. Mm. But I just, I think I'm willing to embrace this franchise as like the next Friday, the 13th or like the next like Halloween. We're like, give me like 10 more of these like schlocky ass, like, silly-ass sequels that just really lean into it. I Like, again, it's not as good as the first one, but it's a little sillier, which I think is what I wanted out of the first one a little more. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, like it does... <laughs> it fixes the problems of the first one, but at the same time does all the good things of the first one worse. What I'll say is, it is technically decently directed. Yes. Um, not as good as what Fede does with the original. But Fede is a producer, so you can tell that his, like... He's also a writer. His, oof, uh, uh, his, his, his fingers are still in the pie, you know what I mean? There's a pretty cool one in the house with mm-hmm. the little girl escaping that's pretty cool. I, I guess where my issue lies and the reason I wasn't able to get engaged is I didn't like or care about any of the characters. I thought the little girl was annoying. I thought the blind man is a rapist. Yeah, he's awful. Awful and, man. And then the, the group of bad guys are, like, the three stooges, um... Bumbling, fumbling, fucking morons. I completely agree with you. I think every character is is horrendously under underwritten in this movie. Yeah. That being said, 
uh, Stephen Lang blowing up dudes and caving in their skulls with hammers make brain go burr. You that, know what I mean? My, like that's my other positive is the uh, is the practical violence. Yes, cool. there's a lot of like I don't know. I think this there's some fun effects. This movie's uh, I don't know. It's a little subtler than I think. Like like a lot of like the set pieces. Well, a lot like I mean in, in the in the the, the filmmaking. Oh, okay. Like yeah, the, yeah. the the script is obviously fucking you know. Like but like I think like. None of the set pieces are very like like ooh like look at this like flashy, but they're all like very impressive fundamentally. You know what I mean? Like the fight in the basement where like the like the the wire in the in the box of water and everything. Where the uh, spoilers for the movie? Uh, where <laughs> I feel like we do that every time. Dude, people should know at this point. Literally every time. Um, <laughs> with like there's clear stakes established and everything. Like you know what's going on. Yeah. Again, like the whole idea of the spatial awareness. Like you know, you usually know where everyone is in relation to one another. It's still like very sound fundamentally, I think, and I think that there's entertainment to be found in that. You know what I mean? Uh, y- yeah. But I agree with you. A, a big, big hurdle to get over is the fact that they make the blind man the protagonist. I don't think they ever go the extra mile to like condone. Anything he does or really make him out to be a hero? Yeah. Like, the movie still knows he's a bad person, and... You're not wrong. I want to get into that in a little bit. Yeah, well... Because we'll, I, have, I, have, I have a bit to say on We'll that. get into the ethical discussion later. Well, like, I did think some of the set pieces were fun and visceral, but they were always ruined by characters just acting like total lame brains. Yeah. Like smooth brains, <laughs> like the one, like the one you mentioned, the wire with the little girl. The whole time I was just like, just push the wire out the hole in the top. Yeah, just like push it out. Her hands are wet. If she touches the wire, she'll get she'll get a little shock. Not as bad as fucking. Uh, listen, but like man, stuff I, like that was just like constantly yanking me out of the experience. I, I guess. I, I don't know. I, I guess I, some, I something about the movie. Just I'm willing to suspend my disbelief and allow it to just. Uh, I don't feel like I have to say. I mean, I get yeah, the dialogue's bad. It's really bad. Awful. The it's script laughable. Is, the script is awful. There were a couple lines that made me laugh out loud. I think this movie goes just gets to so bad it's good. I think mm. almost like so dumb it's good. There's maybe. a couple moments for me. There were a couple moments that really got to guilty pleasure like, yeah. level for me. Mostly with the violence. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It felt super schlocky and, and like, the, like cheesy, just just grimy. But good like, effects. Fede, his production has always had great practice. I mean, Evil Dead has some of the most insane practical gore I've ever seen in my life. I still have yet to see it. Um, but it's just like, I was just constantly dumbfounded by how bad the script is. Yeah. Um, and this movie in particular had some of the worst... Um, had some of the worst reincorporation I've ever seen where... They would put a line of dialogue or something in there that was so obviously going to come back later. Yeah. There's like a part where he like shopping in the grocery store and there's like a news report on the TV like there was a man selling organs like there's organ trafficking. There was a, a and I'm like, like okay. <laughs> and then there's a line like, why why is there a white strip in my hair? Like fuck it. Yeah, it's <clears throat> yeah. I, I as as much as I can praise the actual like filmmaking, the script is. Is uh, what we hear on the podcast like to call doo doo butt crack dog shit. <laughs> <laughs> um, Stephen Lang's doing all right. I didn't really like the little girl. She annoyed me. Yeah, she's all right, but the character is annoying too. Um, yeah, the villains are fucking so bad. Fucking hilarious. 
I don't I don't know who those actors are, but they should make them the fucking Tenardiers in the next Les Mis biopic. They're so fucking over the top and fucking goofy. They're just awful. The the the, the plot of the villain is they want to steal the little girl's heart. So okay, wife. so like the guys who break into Stephen Lang's house because he's he's raising this little girl. There's many plot twists in this. Yes. Okay. So the leader of the guys who break in. Um. So Stephen Lang has convinced this little girl that he is her father. And has, like, gaslighted her and everything. And has told her all these lies about her life. Because she survived, like, a house fire a few years ago. Whenever. Uh, and then the guys who break into the house, it turns out that their leader is actually her dad. And the house burned down because he's a fucking meth cook. And it turns out her mom is also still alive. Because Stephen Lang told her that her mom died. But her mom is, like, a methed out fucking freak. And she needs a new heart. She needs a heart transplant. So she... I guess... The whole, like, from the very beginning, it was just, like, they, they went to go get the daughter, so that way they could cut out her heart and then put it inside the mom. Cut out a little girl's little-sized heart and put it in a full-grown woman. Meth is a hell of a drug, Kyle. Meth is a hell of a... They had, they had perfect teeth. They had perfect teeth yeah, they for, did, for meth addicts. They most, didn't look at all Yeah, like most well-put-together meth addicts I've ever seen. Um, although one of the, like, henchmen looked like methed out, um, Draco Malfoy. <laughs> yeah, you're right. Um. There was the cool henchman, the one who, uh, who ratted out the, the guys in the end. What the fuck was that scene? He just lets him live. He's like, you know what? I don't like violence. He's, he's like, you know what? I'm, what? I didn't want to get fucking get domed by Stephen Lang. He's like, I'm good. Like, fucking. Fair. I just, by that point, I'd given up. And, okay, let's talk about the protagonist problem yeah, here. Yeah, okay. It's a big problem. I had the problem from the trailer, and we were both like, there's gotta be more, right? No, there's not. It's Not really. And I agree with you, for the most part, it stays away from, like, they're both, like, bad, until the end, when it makes fully clear that we're supposed to be rooting for him. I would also make the argument that the girl is the protagonist... But I, but I, I don't think that detracts okay. from the from the main statement. Well, like, as we hit the climax and we get that twist yeah. about the heart, it, it makes clear that we are fully supposed to be rooting for Lang because uh, don't cut out the little girl's heart. Well, if they're, I think honestly, if they had just kept it to where she, because there's a moment you think everyone's dead. Stephen Lang's like bleeding out on the floor, and he tells her to like run away or whatever, and then she like runs off, and then the fucking the the guy stabs him, yeah. and then the little girl comes back with the machete. Don't make the little girl come back. Like have her run off. That way he can just fucking like like bleed yeah. out on this. Floor. My biggest problem is that it ends with him being forgiven. Yeah, and the, then her like, taking his name. Like that is what ruins everything that came before it. Like if he like if he hadn't been like, you can still tell a story about a horrible person doing a good thing without them being redeemed. Yeah. If that makes any sense. Like But he's just like, I'm a rapist, bad person, no. And no, then she's uh, like, no dad. No dad, stop. And like, then she takes his name. Stop crying. Yeah, it's fucking Um, I don't like this movie very much. <laughs> I thought it was kinda goofy. I thought it was fun. I don't know. What do you what do you what do you want to give it? Four and a half. Yeah. Uh it's a five, but it's a fun five, you know? Yeah. It's, it's a it's a goofy ass five. Goofy ass five. Nah. Next movie. Next movie. What do we got? We got the the new blockbuster starring Mr. Deadpool himself, Ryan Reynolds. Free guy. Free guy, free guy, free guy. 
Um, you want me to give a plot rundown of Free Guy? Yeah, if you, if you are if you are so inclined. So Free Guy uh, follows a guy named Guy. <laughs> um, it certainly does. And he lives in this like why he so basically he's an NPC in a in a open world Grand Theft Auto style video game, and through through wacky hijinks he finds out he's in a game. And he decides to um, save the world. I don't know. Like he, so basically, he falls in love with a with a player of the game, a girl, and um, and they they decide to save the world because it's going to be deleted in a few days because they're making a sequel to the game. So the server is going to be shut down mm-hmm. by Taika Waititi, mm-hmm. the game, the game lead game designer. <laughs> So, this movie has an 83% on Rotten Tomatoes right now. Um, <laughs> this movie's doo-doo butt crack. <laughs> <laughs> this movie fucking sucked! This movie was ass, my guy! How much, bro, look this, look this up real quick. How much did this fucking make this weekend? I want to know how many idiots paid to see this thing that weren't us. <laughs> Oh my god. I'm crying. Jesus Christ. <laughs> um, it's it's not good. And I I really am confused by the hype. I'm especially when people just tore down Space Jam 2 last week. It's the exact same thing! Ugh, I fucking mm, I feel like a giant prank is being played on me. Like, is everyone just pretending to I think I yelled so loud I scared a dog outside. It, uh, Sorry about that. It's it made 51 milli this weekend. We have failed as a society. Um, yeah, I, I don't see much of a difference. It wasn't as heavy into the reference. It will get into we'll get yeah, the yeah, correct. Yeah, yeah. But it's not as heavy into the references. No, for a while But it's still least. just as pandering. It's just as, like, lifeless and soul- clean. It's so, like... I don't know. It's just so bland and vapid. It's a, it's a charisma vacuum. It has no charm or likability whatsoever. I think I liked it a little more than you. Sure, if you, whatever. For whatever that's, that's you know, like um, half a star more. Yeah, something like that. It's just like I thought. A couple of the jokes made me chuckle throughout. Made, made me exhale out of my nose slightly harder. I think there were some. I think the message is good. Sure, the 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 movie's heart is definitely it's in the right, right place. place. I think. Uh, there's some sweet moments. I think some of the characters have like decent chemistry. Joe Keery and Jodie Comer. Is that the actress's name? Does she also play the real life girlfriend? Yeah, I believe so. Yeah, I believe. Well, I'm. I'm pretty sure all the don't all the characters play because Joe Keery is Joe Keery in the fucking. Yeah, even though they're skins, so they're not supposed. To, whatever. Whatever. Um, <laughs> uh, Jodie Comer is very good. Yes, her and Joe Keery are very cute, very likable. Their, like, ending moment made me, like, I was like, oh, that's kind of sweet. If the movie had been about them... Should have been. I think it would have been much better. But the fact that it concentrates on fucking Ryan Reynolds is... He's not as annoying as I've seen him in other stuff. Sure. But, like, he's, Still pretty fucking annoying. it's just nothing. Just bland. And I... They don't give give Lil Rel anything to do. No, Lil Rel's just running around saying shit. Channing Tatum's there for a second. Yeah, there's a bunch of cameos. Chris Evans has one towards the end. Um, 
It's just like it's so it's like, I, like I, I I'm already struggling to remember the movie. It's, uh, I'm already struggling. I to think remember. it is the most forgettable movie of this year. It it plays like a family comedy from 2004. Like <sighs> it it just fucking it's so pandering and lowest common denominator. It just kind of assumes that its audience doesn't know how video games work, so they're like, oh, we can just do whatever we want this with this is, game. They're this, not gonna know. This is a video game movie made by boomers because it's like, there's this is not how video games work. So it's the game, Free City. It's kind of like Grand Theft Auto, but it's also like, it kind of works like Fortnite a little bit with like the skins and like the leveling up and the dances and everything, you know, so, like. So yeah, here's a couple initial thoughts. Yeah. One, the video game segment should have looked like a video game. It should have been animated. It yeah. should have been animated. Um, and it should have been R-rated if it's going to be about a Grand Theft Auto style video game. This movie is so like sterile. Like like yeah, like just absolutely like lifeless the most and I get is some fucking cum jokes. And I think if fucking like if it had been like more I don't know if maybe an earlier draft had been like more raunchy or anything, but it feels like it wants to go there yeah. but can't. It yeah. feels limited in a lot of ways. Like it feels like it's it feels like a very fun R-rated action comedy trapped inside of a, of the world of a fucking like marketable PG-13 or whatever family movie. Yeah, it does. It's it's so confused tonally. It has no idea what it wants to be. Um, I think Taika Waititi's going to come away with a Razzie nom. I don't know if he'll win, but he's fucking bad in this. He, but, but is he with the movie getting 83% on Rotten Tomatoes? Have you ever seen Grandma's Boy? No. He reminds me of the villain from Grandma's Boy. That's ex- he, that's exactly what that character is there's like. There's a part where he says, what you talking about, Willis? And I like, I, I cringe so damn hard. Didn't you almost leave the theater after the fucking Miley Cyrus music music cue? The Wrecking Ball cue in the year 2021. It's so outdated. Who thought that was a good idea, man? Like, you're right. This, this must have been made by boomers. People who still think it's like 2010 are because running around. Like, Obviously, you don't have to be perfect in regards to, like, how video game production No, works. but at least make it believable. Like, make it feel like it's like a game the, the, that could conceivably exist. Like, the whole time they're, like, editing... They're editing the game while the servers are online. Yeah. Like, that's like, not how anything not how works. Work. And they're, like, they're working on the game. It's coming out in, like, two days, but, like... So, like, the main plot is Joe Curie and, and Jody Cromer. They made, like, a game with adapting AI. So, you, it was more of kind of, like, a passive experience. You kind of just watched the AI. It was like, like an Animal Crossing type, like... Like, Sims, almost. Sims. Like, uh... But, like, but, um... Uh, Taika Waititi bought the idea and incorporated and it into the NPCs. So he he turned it into this like big corporate lifeless shooter, like a Call of Duty. You know. But my my problem with it is it's been the games have been out for four years, they something said, like and that, and none of the AI has adapted. Like I'm confused because they're all adaptable. I guess they they I guess they kind of make it sound like he used like some of it. For the like he, he like he kind of picked and choose like different I don't know and it's, also an open world game with adaptable AI sounds awful so like eventually you're not even gonna be able to play the game no because the AI is, is like overtaken yeah they, they, it's it's now just that's what it is it's not a game anymore that sounds fucking awful that's like no one would come up with that idea the premise is just so fucking dumb uh, yeah it thinks you're an idiot. Yeah, it really does. It 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 spoon it spoon feeds you all this drool I, I right ex- in your. I expected more references, and then we get to the third act. The third act is is chocked full of references. Well, oh. first terrifying nine foot tall CGI muscular Ryan Reynolds shows up, 
you asked me, you texted me in the movie. I was like, is is where's Giant Ryan Reynolds? I was like, he's not in it. Like, there's like 20 minutes left. And then imagine my horror when he appeared on screen. And then they make a big reference to uh, the MCU. and Immediately pe- followed by a big Star Wars reference. People in our theater cheered. They both, both our theaters. We were in separate theaters. They applauded. Yep. They clapped for it like a bunch of dancing monkeys. I could have jingled keys in front of them and they would have clapped, Kyle. This is, uh, this is where we're at with film. Disney owns everything and now they're content to just reference the things they own. You know? Yeah. This is the death of cinema. Like, they're just like, oh, remember this thing we did? Like, remember these much better movies? Wouldn't you rather be watching these? Would you rather watch these movies? Uh, I'm sorry. Sorry, you're watching Free Guy. Also, it's the plot of the Lego movie. Um, Oh my god, you're fucking right. So just watch the Lego. Yeah, the Lego movie. Yeah, if you're looking for a movie like that, watch the Truman Show. For a better ver- like it, a better version of this, like, it feels like Truman Show, Ready Player One, and the Lego Movie. Ready Player yeah. One, I would rather watch than this. It's and way better. I, like I don't even love Ready Player One, but like I, I don't d- love it. But at least Steven Spielberg knows how to make a fucking movie, you know. And you know, like the references in that movie are because people are obsessed with eighties culture. Yeah, so like at least there's some kind of reason. There is. It is. It's tied to the theme of the film. Yeah, which is which. Is honestly kind. Of, I I give the references in Space Jam more of a pass than this one. Like at least like that's like it's about like Warner Brothers being like a corporate fucking sellout. Like in this, it's just like references for the sake of references. Like oh, remember these things? Don't you love this? Here's the, here are the jingly keys. It's fucking a, dumb. There's a gun control joke that made me laugh. Yeah, it's fine. Um. <laughs> Beyond that, I'm just struggling to even remember, like, what happened. That's pretty much it. I mean, they um, fucking, like, he's about to delete the game. Uh, they go on, like, a whole thing. Uh, guy, like, fights, uh, you know. Well, he goes to the island because the game they invented is in this game. Like, the environment. And they're trying to prove Taika Waititi used their code in this game to, like, discredit him. Which they eventually do. It You know, it wraps up very neat in a bow and everything. Uh, he gets fucking taken down. And then there's, I thought the climax was sweet where you find out Joe Keery, like, guy is, like, a love letter, sort of, to uh, uh, Jodie Comer's character. Yeah, I I noticed that when she had said that she wanted, in, like, the real world, like, the sugar, uh, coffee with two sugar. Yeah, I was like, like, ah. Yeah, it's, it's predictable, but it's cute. Like, yeah, like. This movie is cute to, like, a sickening degree, I think. And it's just ironic, like, yeah, it's hearts in the right place, but it's owned by Disney. Yeah. So, so like, any attempt at being like, be yourself, be original. It just comes across as so disingenuous. It, it comes across as disingenuous. What do you want to score this thing? I don't know. Like a light four. Fucking three out of ten. This sucked. One of the worst of the you year. You could probably talk me down to, like, a three and a half on, on, on a different day. Most forgettable movie of the year. I will say that. It's uh, it's really not good. This was a bad week for movies. Ah, very bad. But uh, next week. Next week. Looking like we could have some hits, could have some misses. We are going to be talking about the new David Bruckner horror film, The Night House. Along with a uh, new sci-fi film, Reminiscence. I don't know who's directing that, but it's got Hugh Jackman, Rebecca Ferguson. And uh, we're going to do a poll. We're going to decide. There's uh, a bunch of movies coming like out. Like five movies coming out. Like that Sean Penn like festival one is coming uh, out. That, that uh, uh, Neil Blom camp. Yeah. Horror. But uh, we'll run a poll probably, definitely on Twitter, maybe on Instagram. Uh, 
between the two movies that uh, we should uh, between which movie we should add to the docket, uh, the protege or Paw Patrol the movie. So uh, we'll we'll, we'll, we'll let that one up to the I fans. I have a feeling I know which ones people are gonna pick. Honestly, but, uh, I, th- I think I know which one too, and honestly, I'd rather watch it than the other one. Um, but either way, we're going to be talking about a lot of films next. A lot of weekend. films, and we hope uh, we hope to see you guys there. You know, thanks as always for listening to the show. Uh, leave a like, leave a review, tell your friends about us. Any little bit helps. Thanks for uh, thanks for coming by, uh, Kyle. Want to tell the people where they can find us? Absolutely. If you guys like the podcast, you can follow it on Twitter and Instagram at Cinema Shakedown. And you can follow me personally on Twitter and Letterboxd at Kyle Craigbaum. That's K-R-I-E-G-H-B-A-U-M. And you can follow me on Twitter at the underscore Fatman99 and on Letterboxd at my name, Jordan Dennis. Thank you guys so much for coming by.